As we study this series on the church and church life, uh, there are many passages that we can turn to, but, but one of the most important scriptures of all to study and to understand is we're going to be covering today, Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. You know, the, the book of Ephesians as a whole is, uh, among other things, a book that emphasizes the body of Christ. You know, Jesus is the head, he is the mastermind, so to speak, and we, the church, are his body. You know, the letter to Ephesians, it seems to emphasize that truth. As a matter of fact, the word body is found eight times in the letter to the Ephesians. And so, you know, I don't know if you've ever connected the dots, I don't know if you ever really thought that went through, but um, we need to know this about the church, about the body of Christ that we're his body, we're his hands to help. We, we really are. We're his, his mouth to speak. We're his heart to love. We are the, the body of Christ. He's the mastermind, Jesus Christ, and we're his church, the body of Christ. And, and here's my prayer, and this is really what happens in every single church. Uh, either the church is healthy or it's not. It's either a healthy body that's running all, on all spiritual cylinders or it's the antithesis to that. Because if you guys think about it, I think all of you know that the bummer of having a sharp mind and a shabby body. Have you ever felt that way? You know, like your body, maybe you're not in shape or maybe you've seen the ramifications of someone like that. Uh, is there anyone here today who's out of shape? Just out of curiosity. <laughs> you know, we got a sharp mind and, and a shabby body. Um, maybe you haven't been taking care of it the way you should, and that's, you know, a bummer, but that's just the physical, that's just the, the temporal. What we're talking about now is the body of Christ, and we're talking about something that's an e eternal. You know, when I think of my body, our bodies, I think, and I, I think you guys know we're very complex, with many members in our body, right? Depending upon, you know, so many things, but they say there's 206 bones within us, 640 muscles. Um, there are so many members. If the human circulatory system and veins were all connected and stretched out in a straight line, it would total close to 80,000 miles. All that's inside of our bodies. They say there's 37.2 trillion cells within our bodies and that every second of our life there are 38,000 trillion transactions going on in our body. And so the bodies are fearfully and wonderfully made and we are complex creatures. It's a huge understatement really to say that, that, that we are amazing. But here's the question. What would happen if one of my bones decided to take a break, right? What would happen if one of my muscles didn't want to hustle, so to speak, right? I mean, what would happen if a few veins just vanished or a set of cells decided to sell out and not do their jobs? What would happen to my body? If the, if the members, certain members of the body weren't, weren't faithful, then the whole body would suffer the ramifications of that, right? And so nothing necessarily wrong with the, with the brain. The problem can be the body. 
And that happens all the time in the body of Christ. You know, I, I know you guys want a healthy church, but, but don't think, well, in order to have a healthy church, then that guy's got to do their job and that guy over there better do their job without you embracing your job. That's the only way, really, a body can be healthy. And that's why this section of Ephesians is so important because we learn the importance of working together as members of the body. We pick it up in verse 11 here in Ephesians 4, and it's speaking about Jesus, and, and it says that he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. And this is, there's so much here. We're not even going to be able to cover everything in detail, but I do encourage you, study it out. Look up those words. Look up those cross-references. Look up some commentaries. You'll benefit greatly. Uh, the Bible is so deep, though, that theologians will never touch the bottom. And it's so understandable that a baby won't drown. And so, you know, there's this thing that we need to understand by looking at this, first of all, just knowing that Jesus gave some, we read there in verse 11, to, to, to be apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors slash teachers. And, and, and he gave these people with these gifts to the church to accomplish three things. Number one, the equipping of the saints. Number two, the work of the ministry. And then number three, it's the edifying of the body for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And what that means is that God gave these guys, these apostles or missionaries, evangelists, prophets, teachers, in order to get the church ready to work. Because if you're not ready to work, you shouldn't work. So you've got to be ready to work, and then you're rallied to work. You're rallied to work, and then you'll see the results of the work. See, that's the equipping of the saints. That's the work of ministry. That's the edifying of the body of Christ. And, and what we find in the church is kind of interesting the way that you, when you really begin to break it down, there's the words that need to be spoken and there are the works that need to be done. Now I know they overlap, but in one sense you can break it down that way. Verse 11 tells us that Jesus himself, being the head, gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastor teachers. And so, four titles, four offices. What for? Well, the common denominator among those offices is to speak. 
You look at those, they're, they're all speaking. The apostle is one sent by God. We usually call them missionaries nowadays. They go and speak that the people who have never heard might hear. The prophet speaks as well, and he foretells and sometimes foretells God's word. It's a very important gift in the body of Christ. The evangelist speaks. He speaks the gospel. It might be in a stadium. It might be one-on-one. The pastors and teachers, they speak the Bible. They speak the word of God to the people of God. And they do it not because they love to speak to people, but because they love the people that they're speaking to and because they, they love the God that they're speaking for. And that's why, if you look at verse 15 again, Notice what it says. It says, speaking, speaking the truth in love. See, we got to know that about, it, about the church. You know, so uh, where do you fall in all this? If you're a missionary or if you have the gift of evangelism or if you have the gift of prophecy or if you're a teacher or a pastor, please understand that you're called to speak Speak the truth in love. In one sense, what you are is you're sending the signals to the rest of the body. You're the messengers. And, and the rest are, in, in one sense, more along the line of ministers. Now again, they're going to overlap and we're going to see this. But it is important for us to know this about the body. You know, it's interesting how Peter even compares these two side by side in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 11. It says, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. Let him know if you're a speaker, if you're here, an apostle, a prophet, a pastor, a teacher, an evangelist. If you speak, then speak as the oracles of God. And then in the same passage, he says, and if anyone ministers... Let him do it as with the ability which, with which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. And he lays those two right there. The, the, in one sense, the, the speaker, and in one sense, those who are serving, in one sense, the ones that give the words, in one sense, the ones that do the work, the messengers, the ministers. We have to kind of see that in the church, and there you see the speakers, and you see what God does, how Jesus gave to the church speakers and called them to speak his word so that the saints would be ready to work and rallied to work, and we'll see the results of the work. And, and there's this overall, what ends up happening, cooperation in the congregation, not, you know, that things don't overlap, but you know, what we see is there's this overall work. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm called to speak for the most part, right? But it doesn't mean that there won't be times where I'll be vacuuming the carpet or emptying out the trash. And sometimes the guy who maybe more have the title of an usher, you know, we're going to see Stephen, he was a deacon. I mean, he spoke. So they, they do overlap. There are those times they overlap. But overall, there's a very important order in this organism because as we all understand, you know, the way this works, then we'll be healthy as a body. You know, I, I, as a matter of fact, in the book of Acts, if we'll, we'll turn to Acts chapter 6, you'll see an almost perfect example of this. 
in Acts chapter 6. Notice in verse 1, it says, Now in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists, because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And so here we see the church was growing. The number of the disciples was multiplying. And so they're experiencing some growing pains. And so if you were to cross-reference 1 Timothy chapter 5, you would see what the church was doing was they were taking care of the widows. And apparently as they're taking care of the widows, there's this daily distribution what ends up happening is the needs of the Hellenist widows. Now, they're the Greek-speaking Jews. Apparently, their needs were being neglected, and they were not being met. And so imagine, I don't know how it looked. I'm not even sure in all the details of it, but imagine if you had like a long food line, and every day they gave food to the widows. But then let's just say as they're giving out the food, you know, that I don't know how it all happened, but maybe there wasn't enough guys uh, because there were so many widows or so many people asking for help. You know, they didn't get enough at Smart and Final or whatever. They didn't have enough cooks in the kitchen or whatever. And so they only got whatever, 75 meals for 100 people. And so what they ended up doing was saying, okay, well, we're just going to do this for the Jews and not the Greek-speaking Jews. Now, that's not cool. That's not fair. That's not right. And so the Hellenist widows, they complained and they said, hey, it doesn't make sense. We're being neglected in the daily distribution. And so there arose a complaint. And so we read next in verse 2 that the 12 then summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Now, I don't know for sure, but there may have been a suggestion, you know, to get the apostles on it, you know, to get the pastors and teachers, to get them out of the study or out of the teachings that they're teaching and in order that they might serve tables. But, but the guy said, you know what, it's not a good idea. It wouldn't be right that we leave the word in order to serve food for this program. And, you know, when you look at that, I don't want you to understand it. You know, part of the body of Christ is benevolence and the Christian church over the ages has always been part of the first responders to the sufferings in society. I mean, the Red Cross, I mean, that's Christian-based, right, in its origin. And so these guys, they will take care of the widows. It's not a question of if, it's just a question of who. Who will do that part? For the apostles and pastors and teachers, their priority is the preaching and teaching of the Word of God, because what that is, is that's food for the soul. And, and so if you're going to take that away from him and not allow him the, the time to, to study and to pray and to teach, then he has failed in his calling as a pastor. So that the whole church has to know this. Sometimes people get upset because the pastor's not available for 100 people every day. You know, and... and you just never know what was on his plate that day. Maybe he had to go do a couple of hospital calls. Maybe he had to take care of some things he normally doesn't take care of. And all he wanted to do was maybe a half an hour to sit down or kneel down on his knees and pray and then study maybe for an hour to prepare for the, the sermon on Sunday. You just never know. So, you know, hopefully we have 
a mutual understanding of the responsibilities that we have in the church. Uh, not, you know, serving tables, but, but feeding them the word. And so what ends up happening is they offer a solution in verse 3. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, that we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, uh, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. And so this is the way that the church works. You know, he says, hey, we got to meet this need. There's some practical things going on. And so let's find seven men to serve tables, brothers from the body. But here's the thing, okay? And here's the way it works. Not just anybody. You know, you might be here and think, well, I've been, you know, here at the church for, you know, 17 days now and I should be teaching or whatever. I've been here, you know, for a couple of weeks now, and, and you might even think I should be involved in ministry and, and serving. And, 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 and sometimes people are not ready. So you've got to sit for a while under the teaching. And so they've got pastors and evangelists and prophets and, and teachers, and they're feeding you the Word of God while you're sitting in the sanctuary, while you're sitting in the study. You're growing. You're going to start growing, and then you're getting equipped to serve. You're getting equipped for ministry. You're ready for ministry. And then eventually the day comes where you're rallied for ministry. You know, when they were looking for someone to serve tables, they needed a body. Anybody can do that, right? In one sense, anybody can put beans on the plate. But it doesn't mean that we just let anybody do it because this is what I've learned. We've had potlucks before and we have had people who were not ready to do that. And so what ended up happening is someone came in line and rather than saying, God bless you, you know, the person that was getting the food said, hey, can I have a little bit more beans? And then the person that's serving the food said, no, get out of town, you know. <laughs> You're not ready to serve because you don't have what they're, what they're asking for here to serve tables, to take care of widows, to love them. We need somebody who's full of the Holy Spirit. We need somebody who has wisdom. And not, not everybody's ready for that. See, and this is how the church, it, it, we got to know these things, you know. There's the messengers and there's the ministers and, and everybody needs to be ready to work and then rally to work. I mean, as I'm sharing the Word of God, and, and you know, one of the things about Calvary Chapel is, man, you know, you go home and you read your Bibles. You read your Bibles. When I got saved, it wasn't just what Pastor Raw taught me or my other pastors. It was me getting in my Word. It was me listening to Bible studies. It was me reading books. It was me getting into the Word and, and growing and understanding, you know, what the, the role of the Holy Spirit is in my life. For you, your, your growth, your healthiness as a Christian, is it just the pastor's job? 
I mean, for your body, who's responsible for the health of your body? You are. So we give the word, and hopefully people are growing. You guys know how important it is to yield to the Holy Spirit, right? You guys know how important it is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know how important it is for the Holy Spirit to take the word of God and conform us into the image of God. That's what he says, that when we're looking for somebody to serve tables, we need to look for guys who have a good reputation. And you're like, well, what does that mean? It's explained in the next two you know, descriptions. Filled with the Holy Spirit and filled with, with wisdom. You see, and that's the way it works. This is how everything in the church begins to come together because it's the serving of the scriptures and the serving of the saints that makes for a healthy church and a healthy body. Because let's just say you're a widow there and you're a new believer. You just got saved and you're getting food and someone loves you. They're like, here, you know what? I'm going to give you an extra you know, spoon of, of, of mashed potatoes because... I don't know, the Holy Spirit's just telling me you need it, you know? And, and I, I just want you to know, what's your name? Oh, I'm going to be praying for you. Jesus loves you. What's going to happen to that widow? She's going to grow. She's going to be blessed. She's going to feel loved. So this person who has fed the word of God is growing they're serving. That person who's getting the food is growing. They're, they're being, it's everybody doing their part. This is how a church becomes healthy. That's what he's saying. You know, same thing with our body. What does it require for us our, to be healthy? Aside from, you know, genetics and, and things that are beyond our control, what does it require? Two things, diet and exercise. Amen. <laughs> diet and exercise you know one of the best words uh, of advice I ever received is that if I keep eating cheeseburgers I was going to turn into a Big Mac that's what someone told me <laughs> you know and so I mean I, I do love greasy pizza I do I love you know double doubles and just all that kind of stuff you know and, but I have to be, be careful with what I eat. The same thing with you, your, your body. You want it to be healthy, you got to take in, not junk food, the Word of God. Let the, the Lord feed you the Word of God. Not, not just diet, though. There has to be exercise as well. And I know a lot of you here, you don't like that. You're like, exercise. I know I skipped uh, gym class or whatever, you know? But here's the thing, if you eat good, that's not good enough. You need exercise. You need that cardio. You need to make your heart strong, right? By, by, by running or something or swimming. Did you know that your heart beats close to 2,000 gallons of blood every day? Our hearts beat over 115,000 times every day. And some people hear you're tired all the time. Because your heart is not strong. If you want to be healthy, you're going to have to you know, modify your diet. You're, you're going to have to somehow you know, have that exercise. And the exact thing is, same thing is true in the church. That you know, if we want to be healthy, it requires the word 
of God, that we're being fed this healthy word, but it also requires us being more than just pew potatoes. You can't just sit. You got to serve. You got to exercise. You have to move. You have to contribute. You have to be a part of this body. You can't be a bone that that says, you know what, I'm going to take a break. You can't be a cell that sells out. You can't be a muscle that doesn't hustle. We're all part of that. And that's the way that the whole body becomes healthy. You know, the, the speakers, the missionaries, evangelists, prophets, pastors, teachers, I encourage you, if you're any one of those, don't stop speaking. And, you know, teach the word and, and go and share the word. Some of you here, you have the gift of evangelism. Maybe you're not, you know, preaching in crusades, but you have the gift of one-on-one sharing with people. Go out and speak. Speak. Some of you here, you have the gift of prophecy. And prophecy is sometimes a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. Will you share a word with someone? You know, you, you, we have to speak. Of course, the pastors and teachers, theirs is most obvious. But, but there has to be that part of it in order that there might be the equipping of the saints and the work of ministry so we're ready to work and now we're rallied to work. And then what ends up happening to the church is that we'll see the results of the work. And that's exactly what we see in verse 7. It says, And then the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. I mean, can you hear what I'm saying? Can you hear these guys are speaking the truth in love? They love God, and they love the people And they know that their responsibility is to pray and to study and to speak the word. And they do it. And then as people are involved in ministry, and it could be, you know, in so many facets of ministry, they do it as they're ready and as they're rallied and they do it with the love of Jesus Christ, and those guys even doing the most menial tasks are filled with the Holy Spirit. It's obvious. It's obvious. You look at their life and you're like, man, they're just, it's obvious. See, that's where we need to to come to as a church because if you've got, you know, ushers and musicians and people doing the website and you've got people doing homeless ministry or extended ministry out there, I was... uh, Actually, my wife was telling me about how Steve McQueen, you guys know, some of you older people, right? No, <laughs> Steve McQueen. And then I guess Greg Laurie is doing a movie about his life and it's coming out and they're going to show it in one day and the movie, it's on, I think, the last Thursday of this month. And so, you know, I know you'll miss midweek, but we'll give you permission to go to that if you want to. But anyways, um, you know, she was telling me about how he was in this movie, The Blob, any of you guys see that movie, The Blob? I haven't seen it. I never knew this, though. <laughs> that the makers of the movie, The Blob, were Christians. Did you guys know that? And I, Hopefully it's a good movie. I don't know. I haven't seen it. But anyways, um, all I know is that um, they were trying to reach out to Steve McQueen. 
Now it took decades later. They were really frustrated with him. But, but, you know, but they prayed, Lord, save this man. Decades later, he got saved. That's a different ministry. I don't know what your ministry is. But you have to be able to say that in this body of Christ, this is, these are my gifts. And so I'm going to discover them, develop them, and deploy them. This is my part in the body. And I will do my part. You know, we have to make sure that we don't just kick back. Because when we all do our part, then the body will be healthy. And then we're going to see the results that we see right here in verse 7. The word of God spread. The number of the disciples multiplied. Notice, greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Isn't that what you guys want for this church? Isn't that what we want Notice here the results of the work toward the widows and the word of God going out. Notice when all those things are happening, the result was not just converts but disciples. And they, and they weren't just being added to the church anymore. Now they're multiplying. In verse 1 it talks about them multiplying, but now they're multiplying greatly. And so not just converse disciples multiplying greatly and, and, and not just people were getting saved, priests were getting saved. I mean, they're the hardest ones to reach, those religious Jewish priests. But that's what God will do if everybody says, you know what, it's not just the, the pastor. Hopefully he gives us the word and we're going we're gonna to guard his time so that he can pray and study and preach, because that's what he's called to do, but not just him, me. And then as we all do our part, God will do things like this. And this is why we do what we do here at Calvary Chapel Almani. Pastor Chuck Smith, he made it crystal clear for us. He said, simply teach the word simply. And as a result of that, you will be built up if you're yielding to God's building. You see, people get saved, and then they sit, and then they study, and then they're stirred up by the Holy Spirit to serve. And then they all feed off of each other. And so we speak, the Bible says, we speak the truth, and we speak it in love. We do everything in love. 1 Corinthians 13, it says, even if I spoke with the tongues of men and angels, if I spoke a foreign language or even a heavenly language, but I didn't have love, then it would be like a clanging cymbal, a bunch of noise, unproductive. And so that's what we try to do. Back in Ephesians, if you would go, we see just how beautiful this all works together. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Those are all speaking for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And there's the people now ready to work and rallied to work, and the results of the work is that they're built up. It's the, some people will call Ephesians the book of bodybuilding, Right? And this is, notice what it says next, until we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness 
of Christ. And what we find right here is two things. Number one, the unity of the faith. And number two, the maturity of the believer. See, and what it, what it is we're all feeding off of each other, man, like a body that, work, that works together in unity, then we're going to have this unity doctrinally. We're going to know what we believe. You know, some, I remember, you know, I've talked to people and it's kind of cool because Calvary Chapel, they have that way of just teaching through the Bible that, that gives you like the full counsel of God. And I've, we've had people, not just in this church, but other Calvaries, they say, you know what, I, I started going to church and just teaching the Bible and I learned more there, you know, in a year than I learned in 10 years over there because they're teaching the Bible in the context of it, right? And so, you know, what you're doing is you're, you're, you're the, this is what we believe. There's a unity of the faith and there's the maturity of the believer that he, he gets to know the Lord and, and he gets to be like the Lord. And that's what ends up happening. There's this unity. There's this maturity. We're no longer children tossed to and fro. That's what he says in the next verse that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. I mean, you got guys out there that are teaching crazy things. But you learn the truth so that when they give you something that's uh, counterfeit, right away you detect it because you know the Bible. No one can fool you anymore. You're not children tossed to and fro going there and there and there and there and just carried about with every wind of doctrine by the enemy himself. No, you're stronger than that. And then he says, speaking the truth in love. That we, we grow up. That's what happens. We grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. I mean, again, we're, we're growing closer to him. We're becoming more and more like him. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working notice by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. You see, we're all connected to Christ. We're all joined and knit together to each other. And when every part does its share, then every part will grow. And so in closing, before we have communion today, let me ask you a couple of questions. Um, what, what part do you have? Are you doing your part? Now, my son on the way over here, we were talking about this, and he said, hey, Dad, you got a heavy responsibility being the pastor. And I said, I do, but you never know. I might not be the most influential person in the church. There might be a little lady over there who prays her heart out, who's carrying this church. I know I have a heavy responsibility. I understand that. But if you only knew what a difference you could make, when you understood that, you know, this is my part. You know, I, I don't know, but you have to really search your heart. Don't just, you know, go to see what you can get. You know, you go to see what you can give. What gifts do you have? Are you exercising those gifts? What talents have you been given are you giving them away? I mean, there's so many things I could tell you about so many people in this church. I mean, it's just amazing to me, the things that they're, they're building for Truth and Treat. I mean, 
I mean, there's just so many things that go on, that go on. But, but we have to understand that we have gifts and we have to take our places and we have to take our positions. You know, don't be afraid to fill out one of those cards. You know, the other day I had a guy and he said, I want to get involved in ministry. And, and I said, okay, what would you like to do? And he said, anything. Whatever you need me to do, whatever the church needs, I'll do. And this is from a guy who, who came from a church where he used to be a teacher. But he understands what servanthood is all about. You know, I mean, even, even in giving, and I, I never talk about giving, you know, uh, financial contributions, but what if every person did their share? I mean, what's going on right now is 10% of the church is tithing but not 90%. You know, and that's between you and the Lord, but what if every part did their share? You know, we're blessed in this church, or we're a little bit healthier, because 20% of our church is serving. Because typically in most churches, only 10% serve. We have 20% that are serving. But what if everyone served? Imagine what a difference it would be. Now, I understand some of you here, you, you've got your plate full, and you might think, well, I can't serve. But let me ask you a question. Is it filled with extracurricular activities? I mean, we just have to really search our heart. I just want to encourage you to, to know that you're part of this body, and I want to encourage you to, to do your share. Don't be a pew potato. Uh, two questions in closing. Number one, what part do you have? And then number two, are you cool? <laughs> How many of you think you're cool? <laughs> no, what I mean by that is, are you cooler than you were last week? That's what I mean. Do you remember last week? It was a page out of the book of hell. No, I'm just joking. It was terrible. <laughs> and so... You know, what ended up happening last week is someone called us. And they said, hey, I heard your air conditioning uh, is out. Can I come and, 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 and do my part? And one man came. He went up on the roof. He found the part that was melted. The next day, uh, he went. He got the part. He went up there, and, and he fixed everything. We, we, we did, I know it's not as cool as some places, but still... One man doing his part affects the whole body. See, and that's how it is. I, I just want to encourage you. If you don't know where to serve, just fill out one of those cards and say, I'll do anything that Jesus calls me to. Put it in the agape box and then watch God change your life.